You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Except for that one week in high school. I waxed my legs for Telemiracle and some of it never grew back. Did you have the same issue when you had your Brazilian? <laughs> no. It's like, I'm like Kramer. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, and we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I think this just might be the greatest week in CFL history. 25 years ago this week, Matt Dunnigan throws for 713 yards. The Baltimore CFL Club had its home opener, and the national anthem happened with growing hearts we see the rise the true <laughs> and strong and Ooh. free it's a really tough luck now isn't it <laughs> an all-time classic cfl moment that's still being talked about today that that it still makes top 10 lists it totally on does TSN. <laughs> I wish there was a video of him when he redeemed himself because apparently afterwards he went on a tour across Canada, basically. And oh my God, he sang the anthem at a Tiger Cats game and nailed it. And I cannot find a video of this. I don't know if that game wasn't televised like the 713 yard game wasn't televised. But did you see that video I sent you of Maddie Dunnigan? Doing an interview with Gord Miller in the halftime of another game. <laughs> yeah, what? What? Who does that at halftime? I know. All they had was like some highlights from the video board of when he threw for seven hundred and thirteen yards. What a crazy time in the Canadian Football League. But apparently, this Dennis Casey, Dennis Casey Park guy, he sang the anthem again at a Tiger Cats game. Absolutely nailed it, but I can't find a video of that at all. I guess the story is is he was used to singing the anthem with like the music, and then right before he was going to sing, <laughs> they told him <laughs> we don't have the music, so he had to go so a cappella. So he went with he went with <laughs> old Christmas tree, <laughs> and the rest is solid history. choice. <laughs> In the huddle with Karan Ty on the Two and Out podcast. All right, week uh, six already. Are we getting to be a third of the season done already? This is absolutely uh, crazy. Uh, The Hamilton Tiger Cats are on by this week. So after all this time, after a month, Simone Lawrence still has a two-game suspension. He will not play against Winnipeg next week and against Regina on August 1st. After all that time, wink, I kind of wink, expected... wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> I know. I kind of wish th- that would have at least happened. But after all this time, uh, nothing changes. Yeah, and I think we kind of knew it wasn't going to change, or at least I had that feeling where the league was looking to set the precedent uh, for for headshots to the defense to a defenseless quarterback like that. I know I got I got suspended. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> two episodes I, and that your appeal didn't episodes. even matter. No, I didn't even appeal, right? Yeah, of course you didn't. Um, well, I'm not part. I, we're not in a union. <laughs> I don't have the right to an appeal. Um, and after, and, I mean, we see it in baseball where guys will get suspended and appeal the suspension because it's a meaningful series. Yeah. And then yeah. the minute that that three game series is over, drop the appeal. Oh, we're playing Baltimore. Just, okay, I'm going to drop that appeal. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, we're going to win these three games, but if you're in a pennant race, and they keep going, right? But um, I, I saw it on Twitter. And somebody mentioned, well, you know, with all of this delay and everything, the two-game suspension might end up including the game against the Riders. And if that's what the league was trying to do, I get it, it but it's it's not a good look. Doesn't that sell tickets, though? Like, wouldn't you but want at the same, him? At the same time, do you want, do you want the vigilante justice? If you're the league, because that looks bad. I don't think there was the vigilante justice. I just, I, I wanted that atmosphere there for a Thursday night game in Regina, and the crowds mm-hmm. just to eat him up on his return to the field. That's what I wanted. I guess I, if there would if there would have been vigilante justice, then I guess Montreal would be hosting the East final because Calaros would have got knocked out. And I guess it would have to be a. Like an offensive lineman dishing out the vigilante, or like a receiver. So I, I didn't. I, I would think eye for an eye. Like they went after Simone, went after Claros. Why not go after Masoli? Is is what I would think. Oh, that would way. be yeah. would be the thinking on the defense uh, for Saskatchewan. Uh, I would like to think that since Jones isn't there, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> and yeah, that that's another factor. <laughs> uh, I don't think we've had a week so far this season. Where there's been nobody fined, and this week mm-hmm. uh, was no different. Cleon Lang was fined for a high hit on Matt Nichols. Brandon Banks was actually fined for making unnecessary contact with an official last mm-hmm. week. And uh, Delvin Bro was fined for that hit on Kadeem Carey when he knocked him out of bounds. When will the first clean week happen? <laughs> I, I don't know if it will. And, you know, was it last week, Stefan Logan? Got fined for the social media. Yeah, Duran Carter too. Like, yep. And Stefan Logan got released. Uh, as I walked in the hotel room, it came across a ticker on TSN, and they they talked about that. So I mean, just more fallout. Uh, you know, still not having the cleanest of we- of uh, seasons off the field uh, when it comes to fines. Uh, the one with Brandon Banks, though. Uh, I, I get, and he's 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 going to appeal. I would assume, or whatever he can do. I, I don't know what they can do with fines, um, but I think the league is going to pretty much stand their ground because it, it, they have to make it black and white. You can't really have the only time you can really have a judgment call is when the referee is in the middle of the play, and this was a dead ball incident. So I think they have to stand pat and back up their officials on that one for sure. A lot of these uh, fines have to do with player safety and the CFL has implemented a new uh, safety measure with head check health. Basically it's sort of, I guess I would describe it as an app on uh, the tablets that the teams have on the sidelines. It helps them go through with concussion protocol, but it also kind of tracks a player's concussion history on the fly. It'll give the team's medical staff all of that history right on the fly, on the sideline. So it looks like the league is getting into 2019 when it comes to 
uh, safety measures, at least it looks that way to me. Uh, as much as they can. Like, But if we're being completely honest, the safest thing would be to never play football. And I think everybody realizes that. I think that's any sport, any like don't leave the house, right? So I mean, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Now you're speaking my language, especially if you've got air conditioning. Oh, crank that AC. Is yours fixed? <laughs> no, Whoa! but I'm in a hotel now. Oh, you're I'm in a hotel away, now. Yeah. So what do you think I did? The first thing I did last night when we got to the hotel, crank the AC. Fifteen degrees, baby. Fifteen is actually pretty. That's actually but pretty I was, cool. I was pretty sweaty, and I got I re I, I my t shirt length sleeve length was shorter than what I normally wear on my work shirt, so I re I burnt a little fresh skin, so I had to cool down. But um, and anything anything the league can do to, to and, and you know they they are trying to curb hits to the head, and they are trying to do that. But now they can track it better, yeah, and they can they can check on the sidelines with you know the baseline tests and all that stuff, and and they have all the data there. Whereas we didn't have it before, and now we're gonna now teams are gonna know whether or not because a player can say he's fine, and that that's great and everything, but until he can pass the some tests and you know you look at the history and maybe maybe we'll keep you out for another week, then 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 he can play again. Like the more info we have, the better. And I ran into the same thing when I was coaching hockey. We had a goalie get a concussion. He came back to practice. Couple like this would have been four or five weeks later. And said, "Yeah, I can." Doctor said, "I'm good." We're like, "You're not even getting dressed until we get a note because we're not putting you in that situation. You're, we're not putting you in danger, not knowing for sure that that we're good to go." And the CFL teams obviously are doing the same and want to do the same. By the way, I'm a polar bear, and my <laughs> I have a flat no, you, rate on my you, air conditioning at 19 you were like, degrees. You, you were just a bear in general. I don't know. People don't. Realize they actually think I'm nuts. I wear shorts year round, all year round. I don't yeah. put them away in January. But it looks, but it looks like you're wearing leg warmers. <laughs> actually, no, man. I wax except my for that, legs except for that, except for that one week in high school. I wax my legs for telemiracle, and some of it never grew back. Did you have the same issue <laughs> when you had your Brazilian? No, it's like I'm like Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll just leave it at that. If you don't get the Seinfeld reference, I suggest you go back and start watching. <laughs> the league continues to do their best to grow the game, whether it comes at grassroots levels or uh, with CFL 2.0. Last week, they announced a partnership with the British American Football Association. And at Touchdown Atlantic next month, they are going to kick off the game with a punt-pass-kick competition for the kids it looks like it's Oh, pretty... it's only for the kids? Yeah, Brazilian tie. You might be able to pass mm. as a child, but uh, they're going to be doing this thing across Atlantic Canada and having the finale at the game between the Owls and the Argos. This is a nice step. They're calling it the Atlantic Schooners punt-pass-kick competition. It looks like a lot of the announcements here have been delayed until... Uh, fall anyway. It looks like they kind of want to play in Moncton, at least for the 2021 season. But they're sort of going forward with things here. It looks like there's going to be an election in Halifax next year. I hope this thing doesn't become an election issue. 
I'm kind of getting pessimistic about the whole thing, but the fact that they're doing things like this kind of it does make me feel a bit better. And, and it keeps it keeps the 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 Atlantic schooners and and the group yeah. in the news. And you know, it's, they stay relevant. It's not like before where you kind of wanted to hide and you know, less news the better because you could you can negotiate behind closed doors and get everything kind of rolling that way. But now that everybody knows that this this is a possibility and, and the name has been picked and we have an ownership group out there and Randy Ambrosia has endorsed this ownership group, you have to stay in the news. you got to stay relevant because you don't want this thing to die before it even gets off the ground. Let's talk about the Week 6 games. Join 2 and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em. And show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough of talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. That last drop, the consequences one just means more and more as this as this podcast continues, continues along. <laughs> It was, it was also brought up on during my interview with the Edmonton Eskimo Empire podcast on Monday night. Oh, it was. Yeah, so it, it, it really just follows me around. It's great. You were there as the president of the Taylor Loeffler fan club. <laughs> More or less, uh, <laughs> since it was uh, the Eskimos' second meeting with Montreal this season. Uh, they wanted, instead of getting the same guest on again to kind of preview a game they went with me because of how much i love taylor loffler <laughs> and i basically told them that edmonton is going to lose due to penalties yes yeah, so check out uh, the eskimo empire podcast a member of the alberta podcast network and the canadian football podcast network thursday's game has the calgary stampeders home to the toronto argonauts where the stamps are 12 point favorites on this one the argos coming up seems low drubbing uh, at the hands of the Bombers and <laughs> Calgary off of a loss to Hamilton on the Argos side of the ball. Looks like a slight change on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Levi Noel is listed as a backup on the depth chart and American Rodney Smith is set to make his season debut. It's 2500 bucks in TSN CFL Fantasy. I don't know if you, if you like playing with fire. <laughs> uh, fire is an understatement. Uh, he's, never played a, he's never played a game against Calgary and his career average in nine games is 5.4. I don't know if that's worth $2,500 to you, uh, but if you're l- looking to win money it's probably not something i would want to do uh toronto starting a canadian at corner allowing them to make that move but noel has mm-hmm. actually had a decent start to the season as far as argo standards go so uh it's too <laughs> Which, bad i mean let's be honest <laughs> as far as calgary goes <laughs> rob Maver's getting set to, to play his 150th game does he have the best quarterback rating for a passer through 150 games in his CFL career? Well, it doesn't go by <laughs> games. I believe it goes by pass attempts, but I would think so. Oh, we'd looks... have to check Louis. We'd have to check. We'd have to check Uncle Louis' stats, though. <laughs> uh, looks like Juwan Breskison and Brandon Smith are going to be back into the lineup for the Calgary Stampeders as well. The key matchup in this one begins and ends with Trey Roberson versus Darrell Walker. I really hope that these guys put on a show for us. Well, and Walker was targeted 13 times last week uh, in a losing effort, but he's starting to become more of a factor in that offense for Toronto. His career average 
uh, 17.9. In the eight games he's played against Calgary, he's averaged 14.1. Uh, granted, that came with Mike Riley and not McLeod Bethel Thompson. But, uh, you know, if if Roberson is going to shut Darrell Walker down, that's going to open up avenues for Armani Edwards and SJ Green. And possibly, if they decide to run the ball, uh, <laughs> there's a, there might be room for James Wilder Jr. or Brandon Burks out of the backfield as well. All right, let's go through some terrible stats for the Argo defense at this point of the season. Let, can I guess what place they're in with each stat? <laughs> I'm telling you all the last place stats, so that spoils oh, it. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> uh, I was going to say ninth for every stat, no oh, matter you what were. you told me. <laughs> yeah. They're giving up nine yards of play on first down. That's not That's not great. <laughs> They, they're That's basically getting, a first down on first down. I know. Uh, 486 yards a game, net offense. 40.5 points a game. Uh, well, that number is <laughs> skewed. Come on. <laughs> They've given up 18 offensive touchdowns so far. Oh, They have the worst rush defense in the league at 153.3 yards. They have the second-worst pass defense in the league mm-hmm. at 346 yards a game, uh, 73.6% uh, completion percentage for opposing quarterbacks. It has been a rough start for the Toronto Argonauts on defense, and I think Nick Arbuckle is set to have a big game here. Yeah, Nick Arbuckle, Kadeem Carey, Terry Williams, Eric Rogers. Bagleton, Ambles, but basically anybody on the offense except for the linemen are, are set to have a pretty big night. Well, the old linemen uh, could have a big night too. Peters. <laughs> yeah, but you don't get any points for them. Yeah, that's true. I, I hope mean, we see a big man touchdown here. Oh, those are the best. <laughs> so I, the only thing that worries me here, and it, it, it's that, <laughs> uh, that and I really you? don't think the question is, does Calgary win? The question is by... How much? And the Stamps are on a bit of a short week here. The Argos have actually stayed out west. So the Stampeders actually have more travel in between games uh, when it comes to this Thursday nighter. Mm -hmm. So the the Argos, I I expect, (laughs) I I keep thinking, man, can can they get any worse? I I don't think they can. Uh, they, They probably will put up a better fight against the Stampeders tonight than they did against the Bombers last week. But I just don't see the Argos winning this game at does, all. I, does does Roberson end up with another two or three picks? <laughs> There's a good chance you, there. Because you think it can't get worse. It really can. They're, they're going to be throwing a Darrell Walker. And if Roberson is on Darrell Walker, I mean, he's going to mm-hmm. have some opportunities. Yeah, that, that's an understatement. And we both know that, uh, you know, Toronto loves to protect the football, so. (laughs) What I really want to watch here is that the the Calgary Stampeders have the second worst rushing offense so far. Mm -hmm. The worst is Toronto. So this is an opportunity for the Stampeders to get their running game going. Uh, just just in hunch that they're probably going to give the ball to Carey slash Williams more. They only ran it eight times last week. And uh, yeah. with a team that might be a bit banged up, they probably should run the ball a bit more. Uh, you should be running the ball more than eight times a game in every game. Yeah. Um, and what we saw it with Edmonton uh, against BC, they, 
they only ran for 75 yards, but it was 25 carries. And, yeah. you know, you, they might be stopping you, but you can wear down a defense and it pays off in spades later on in the game. And you could see it in, in BC. It was 33-6. to six that And that that defense was so beat up, they couldn't make any stops. And that's what Calgary has to do. It doesn't matter if it's working early. Sometimes it doesn't. But you can't get away from it so early where you become so one-dimensional that you you keep Toronto in it because you're because they know what's coming. Now, uh, the Friday night game has Winnipeg hosting Ottawa, and both teams really banged up in this one. The Bombers are looking to move to 5-0 and for the first time since 1960. And here's a stat for you. Ottawa has three passing touchdowns this year. They all came in one game against the Riders. The Bombers have given up four passing touchdowns all season, and I'm pretty sure three of those were in garbage time against the Argos last year, so or last week. So uh, Jonathan Jennings is in tough in this one. Uh, the mm-hmm. Bombers are double-digit favorites in this one. We start with Ottawa, where their secondary has taken massive hits. Antoine Pruneau and Jonathan Rose are both on the six-game injured list, not good for the Red Blacks. Two, two huge losses. Uh, the referees will be happy. They won't have to worry about getting beat up, though, which will be nice. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, Pruneau being a Canadian, just, it leaves... It leaves magnifies in, the loss. It magnifies the loss. That's what I was looking for. It magnifies the loss where you're going to have to find either a Canadian replacement for him or a Canadian to slot in somewhere else, which just magnifies it, like you said, and just makes it seem that much worse. Jonathan Jennings, as I said, will start at quarterback. He has a 1-5 in record against the Blue Bombers. I'm trying to think about how we were all thinking back in February when he signed there. I think most expected him to be the starting quarterback coming out of training camp. They are saying mm-hmm. that Dom Davis has a bit of an injury here. I'm going to say it's a little bit performance-related as well. But Jennings gets a shot here. Not an easy assignment to start his Red Blacks career. Uh, and I'm sure the fan base will hate him after two starts and want uh, Davis back in there. Yeah. But his 11, his 11 starts against Winnipeg with BC, obviously, he only averaged 8.6 points per start. Uh, in his career, he averages 16.8. So Winnipeg has really beat him up, really dragged him through the dirt when they've played. Um, and, you know, yeah, Grady's taking first, team's rep, first team reps this week at practice, but uh, I think the rest is going to show a little bit uh, when, when, this, when it come game time because he hasn't seen game speed for a while. And Willie Jefferson is going to be mic'd up for uh, this one. I think that is much must-watch TV. As long as they mm-hmm. don't stick with the uh, split, split screen. screen. <laughs> yeah. My eyes can only cross so much. Dude, I actually didn't know where to look. I felt I felt stoned. I'm, <laughs> I was just kind of staring, hoping that it made sense, and it really didn't. It didn't help that both times that uh, they were focusing on a defensive player, they ended up being like seven-minute drives. <laughs> Oh, they weren't two and outs. They were long, long drives. And I mean, mm-hmm. if you're going to focus on Willie Jefferson for a uh, a series, that might only be two plays, and that won't be so bad. <laughs> well, and I, 
I, I don't know if they got to go the whole series. If you're going to do the whole series, don't, don't the mics cut out at 10 seconds left on the play clock? So oh, is that when they cut vote? out? I'm pretty sure so that, you, so that teams can't watch and catch audibles, right? Right, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's at 10 seconds. Why can't, at 10 seconds, why can't we go back to full screen to the game? Yeah, I agree. You, you can hear, you can still hear what the linebacker is calling out and all that stuff and see where he's lining up and then go back to full screen once the mic's cut out and let the play hop happen. Because I just feel, and, and John Shannon said this on, on Primetime Sports when he was asked, you know, do you have four TVs and you watch all four, you watch four different hockey games at night? And he's like, no, because if I watch, if I watch everything, I miss all of it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Right, like you're, you're kind of—I don't want to say ruining it, but you're 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 missing you're missing little nuances and stuff. And like you know, I like to watch the O line play like just after the snap, just to see the blocking and, and if there's. I, I I'm not gonna lie. When a guard pulls, I love it. It because it, it's it's so it's so athletic for them to do it, and it usually ends up being a huge block, and it opens up a hole. But when when you got three different things or two Can't different things watch to watch, it. It, you just you feel like you miss so much, and, and and it's one singular guy on the screen. Like, what are we watching there? John Crockett is lining up at uh, running back with the first teamers for the Red Blacks. So Moses Madu, he uh, might be losing his uh, starting job in Ottawa. He or Crockett had seven point four fantasy points mm-hmm. last week, so. I mean, uh, he's also got a tough assignment going against uh, Winnipeg. Yeah. Uh, they've also. I don't, think, I don't think I'd be touching that for yeah. thirty-five hundred dollars with a ten-foot pole. He is thirty-five hundred dollars. Yeah, uh, they did bring back Devonte Deadman back to the team, uh, and he's been practicing as the team's returner, and he had a big return or two during the preseason. So moving on from Langford and bringing Deadman back. To the team, uh, we go to Winnipeg, where on the last show we were making predictions uh, as to where Mo Leggett was going to go, and then he signed with an arena football it. league team. <laughs> yeah. Knew it started with an S, though. <laughs> well done. <laughs> uh, it's possible that linebacker Jesse Briggs is gone for the season, and they also released linebacker Nick Temple, so people were kind of thinking, well, what's the Bombers doing here? Five minutes later, they announced the signing of longtime Eskimo linebacker Corey Jones. And the Bombers are a team that has been uh, beat up at practice this mm-hmm. week. I don't even want to call some of these veteran days because the last time they said that, Adam Big Hill missed yeah. two weeks. So let's focus on who's back anyway. Chris Matthews is back in the lineup. Uh, Lucky Whitehead actually missed practice on Tuesday. O'Shea does expect him to play. Their other returner, Charles Nelson, is questionable this week. And actually, players that have seen days off include Darvin Adams, Adam Big Hill, and Jamarcus Hardrick. The Red Blacks are beat up, but so are the Bombers. Uh, and. And you know the bombers are still, uh, you know, I don't know what four and zero. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With, with all these, with all of these injuries, it's just it's amazing what they've been able to do. Um, I mean, their their schedule has been uh, decent for them to be able to go through this at this time. Uh, you wouldn't want to be doing this if you're loading up against, you know, a healthy Calgary and. And if BC gets clicking, you wouldn't want all of this to be happening then. Uh, but, you know, the guys that are out, like, 
if if they're missing Darvin Adams, Big Hill, and Hardrick, um, and I know it's they're only off days, but if let's say those three guys don't play, those losses are massive. Yeah. So uh, just uh... We, we, and we kind of over we kind of overanalyze the Adam Big Hill uh, absence in the last couple last couple They've weeks. Done okay without uh, him. Done, done okay without him. Uh, Darvin Adams is a weapon that you know Matt Nichols won't have, and if you lose to Marcus Hardrick, uh, that leaves a pretty big hole in your offensive line. That's probably but, the biggest. But these one, guys I think. are. These guys are not. We don't. They might. They might just be. They're probably questionable right now. Not saying they are injured and not playing. This is just what we've been told. We should uh, do some prop bets for this game. Winnipeg has not given up a rushing touchdown this season. Will they give up one this week? No. I actually want to say no, too. Uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have given up about 323 yards a game through the air. Will Jonathan Jennings throw for 300 yards? Jonathan Jennings won't even throw for 200. 200? Okay, no, let's no. I'll take yeah, that. Okay, bet. he won't throw for he won't throw for three hundred. I guarantee. No, there's no way. Hey, if there's three quarters of garbage time in this one, he just might. <laughs> well, if there's three, if there's garbage time, it should be the Andrew Harris show and a lot of time getting chewed off that clock. Okay, the Red Blacks have given up eight rushing touchdowns this season, tied for oh, most Harris in the league two. with Hamilton Tiger Cats. Andrew Harris rushing touchdowns set at one and a half. Over. Over. All right. <laughs> You're writing all these down, aren't you? I'll listen back and keep track of it. <laughs> okay. You think I'm putting I have a 50 pen? on that one. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I don't, I'm putting 50 bucks on that over. Oh. I don't know. I don't even know what the odds are. <laughs> I'm going to guess I'm going to guess minus 110 for that one. It's just like a run line. Now we're getting crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all the big casinos in Vegas went to 6 6 to 5 for blackjack instead of Paying three to two, so you just lose a bunch more money. Really? Even if you, yeah. So on a hundred dollar bet, instead of winning one fifty, only win one twenty. Now it's like they don't even want you to win. Cheap skates. Yeah, it's only the big. Well, ones, of course, though. they don't want you to win. <laughs> well, they don't even give you the. They don't even give you the, like the sense that you have a chance. Right, at, right. At six to five. Wow. And you can't split aces. Yeah. <laughs> this episode oh. of Two <laughs> is brought to you by uh, the Alberta Blue Cross Wellness Summit happening on October 10th at the Renaissance Edmonton Airport Hotel. Uh, the Wellness Summit is a day to explore fresh perspectives and practices around wellness. So the focus this year is going to be on creating healthy workplace cultures where everyone thrives. They have a number of great uh, keynote speakers this year. One, two, three, four, five of them. And the great part is you, you just don't sit there with your Hillroy notepad and write down what they have to say and you get a ham sandwich and you go home. You actually get to uh, mingle and talk with these these great keynote speakers that uh, inspire uh, great workplace cultures and learn a lot from them face to face and you get to make these great uh, uh, connections here it's a great networking opportunity at this uh, Alberta Blue Cross Wellness Summit so you can learn more at the wellnesssummit.ca it's uh, happening at the Renaissance Edmonton Airport Hotel October 10th get all the information at the wellnesssummit.ca 
We're going to Montreal where the Edmonton Eskimos are in town. The Owls looking to win three straight for the first time since the end of 2016. Edmonton, however, has not lost in Montreal since 2013. I guess let's start with a prop bet. Will Edmonton finally see a big return here? And by big, you mean about 30 yards. They have zero of them. Hamilton has eight. Yes. I'm going to say no. Oh, no, no faith, eh, in, in Marquise Jackson. Okay. I'll, let, I'll let Andrew and Superfan know. <laughs> okay, I'm sure they'll find out, and they'll probably agree <laughs> with me. <laughs> no, the, no, those are those are players to watch this week for them. So, so I mean, I, I, I think I think he's got a chance. If, if you only need 31 yards, yeah, I think I think he can do it against Montreal. All right. Good luck. Uh, we'll start with Edmonton, where they have a massive loss, both literally and figuratively. What mm-hmm. six foot ten? The Undertaker, Matt O'Donnell, has hit the six game injured list, uh, an area where the Eskimos kind of already lack some Canadian depth. So Jamichael mm-hmm. Dean makes the active roster off of the uh, practice roster. There, that is not a Good loss for the Eskimos. No, basically, you know, you're your leader on the offensive line now in Matt O'Donnell, uh, with Justin Sorensen gone now. Uh it, it any any time you get a hit like that, like we, we said with Winnipeg with Hardrick, if he's out, uh, if Matt O'Donnell's out, that that's it, it's just magnified because he's such a big piece of that offensive line. The Edmonton Eskimos have allowed one sack this season. Over under on sacks mm-hmm. in this one, one and a half. Under. You no, know over, what? over, 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 over. I forgot. I forgot about Muamba. Ooh, I'm going to take mm-hmm. the under. I'm going to take the under. Okay. Uh, okay, you do that. <laughs> Trevor Harris looks good to go after leaving the game last week against BC. He's 483 yards away from 20,000 yards. Yes or no? Does he get it in this one? No. <laughs> Does he throw an interception? He's gone too- Absolutely because it was they got they jinxed it on Twitter earlier this week Ooh. saying that he hasn't thrown one since last year and I literally wanted to tweet back with yeah, thanks for jinxing it. He's gone 218 attempts without a pick, the sixth longest streak in CFL history. Brazilian tie. Do you know who has the record at 323 attempts? <sighs> I really want to say Anthony Calvillo. It's not. I want to do 20 questions here. I think the answer is going to shock you. Uh, okay, east or west? West. Uh, BC. No. Calgary? No. Edmonton? No. <laughs> oh, and is it Danny Barrett? No, it's not. But oh, I can't believe God. he threw. He had a 600-yard game. That blows my mind. <laughs> Is it Saskatchewan? Yes. Okay. In, since we've been born? Yes. Oh, boy. It's not Darien. It is. Oh, my goodness. Ryder fans are going to be pissed <laughs> that Darien Durant still has a record. <laughs> that actually blew my mind. That's crazy. I want it. Like, if it wasn't Calvillo, and then I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's Flutie. But then I'm like, well, I wanted to say Darian off the start. But I'm like, that. I, I think that's too on the nose for you to ask me that. That's why I asked so it. I, <laughs> I was. I well, yeah. I should. I should. I shouldn't have read into it. 
And you know what? I wouldn't have blamed you if you guessed the guy that the Eskimos are going to put up on the Wall of Honor September 20th with their game against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. It was really cool that the Eskimos shared the video of Jason Moss calling his buddy Ricky Ray, asking him if he'd be cool to go up on the Wall of Honor. That Mm -hmm. was really awesome. And, I mean, it's well-deserved, and I'm really glad that they're doing it this season. Yeah, and like I don't, I don't see the point in waiting to do it. Uh, you know, if if they were going to, um, you know, he's still fresh. There's still fans that are season ticket holders from when he was an Eskimo. So why not kind of get everybody in on the the celebration and give them a chance to honor Ricky Ray? Uh, you know, he was probably, you know, when I first started watching football with my grandpa, you know, Ricky Ray wasn't in the league yet. Uh, but it was shortly thereafter, and he quickly became one of my favorite players. So oh, it was yeah. nice to see uh, him finally get – well, I, I realize they're not going to do it while he's still playing, but th- the fact that they did it this quick is, is really nice to see. And you know what? They showed some highlight videos, uh, the Eskimos on Twitter. and A lot of six-yard outs. A lot of six-yard oh, outs. A lot of nice scrambles from Ray. Back in the day, in, in, he could when, move. Back in the day, yeah. <laughs> when he was rookie Ricky Ray. He could move. <laughs> We we could all do that when we were younger, Jeff. <laughs> I do want to give two thumbs up to the Edmonton Eskimos. They've taken a lot of flack for their game day uh, experience and season ticket holders not feeling valued. I got an email uh, Wednesday. Uh, they're going to have a season ticket holder event in the East Concourse mm-hmm. in the quarterback club coming up before the game on uh, the 25th. They're going to have sort of a hot stove and a Q&A with Tony Tompkins. Uh, in the 2005 Grey Cup, he helped the Eskimos to, to a victory with a 96-yard kickoff return. So he's going to be there telling stories. This is the stuff that teams need to be doing for season ticket holders. And well mm-hmm. done to the Eskimos for doing this one. And, you know, it comes on the heels of them doing the, the $22 admission yep. and the, the free the free admission for kids and that upset a lot of people i think or season ticket like because, holders you know, for sure season yeah. ticket holders like well why is everybody else so you know and it seemed i think last year we got an email similar uh with the ambrosi yeah uh, yeah visit so it is nice to see that they're they're starting to reach out uh and do this i mean they could do they could, they could still do a little more in my opinion like i mean one one thing a year for for the season ticket holders isn't isn't the greatest. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's tough because you, you still got to get guys or get people, get an attraction there for, for an event like that. But it's something, and, you know, especially a guy from a Grey Cup winning team, there'll be lots of stories, and I think it'll be lots of fun for everybody who's able to go. Yeah, that's so, so cool. Let's go to Montreal where the off-field stuff continues. Stefan Logan has been released, and uh, I'm glad to see Herb Zerkowski back on the beat because the guy just slams everybody with news here. He reported that a lot of members of the Owls coaching staff actually wanted Logan gone before the beginning of last season, but Cavis prevented that from happening. Maybe he's one of the guys that are a part of the circumventing the cap thing. Apparently, like players had these... Company it was money up? laundering. It was Ugh. money laundering is what it was. It was like shell companies. Insane. That like it's better happens. off if people read it than we try to explain it. We like it's it's a crap. It it, it was it's such a 
it's brutal. I, I, I can't believe that it's actually real. Uh, apparently oh, and, it is. And that Cavus Reed had a court case because he didn't pay rent for five months. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know where all all the money he was getting to pay players was going now. They actually ended up firing uh, their professional recruiting director mm-hmm. and the football operations assistant as well, who was helping Cavis get around the salary cap, which, let's face mm-hmm. it, all teams have ways to get around the salary cap. But the way it's gone on in Montreal... Yeah. And apparently, but it came down Saskatchewan from the Saskatchewan just paid just paid extra people. Yeah. They didn't they didn't try to launder money through <laughs> shell companies from player to player. <laughs> it came down from the CFL to fire Cavis, not yeah. from the the rest of the team or the rest of the people in the organization. But there is sort of a, a groundswell of people wondering if Cavis is the scapegoat here. I actually think the truth lies somewhere in the middle. There's no way he was doing this on his own. And no. it's just the league, I think, wanted to clean house, clean the, that regime up before the new owners come in, whether it's before the end of the season or not. So on its face, and I said this on Monday Night 2, on its face, it looked the timing looked terrible. Yeah. Right, but the, the Montreal Gazette article comes out I believe it was Sunday or Monday, and it, they said it didn't matter if we were four and zero or zero and four. This was happening, um, and I and I don't think if this stuff all comes out because there will be some sort of investigation by the CFL. That's almost guaranteed if if these allegations because if these out these allegations are pretty bad, right? Yeah. So <sighs> if this is true, Cavus will never work in the league again. Right. I don't. I don't know how any team could hire him, uh, and. As far as being a scapegoat, maybe he is taking the fall for a lot of other guys not wanting to give up names, right? Because uh, maybe, like, because he knows what's going to happen, and you know, doesn't want other people to lose their job. I don't think he's a scapegoat in the sense that, uh, you know, because of what he did to the team, and, and instead of you know giving him another coach to fire and all this stuff. I don't think he's a scapegoat in that sense, but I think taking the fall for everybody that was involved in trying to, to protect maybe not the innocent, but the guilty parties to a certain extent, it's uh, definitely in that sense. But are the Montreal Alouettes in a better place now? Oh yeah. Than they were when Cavis got hired in 2016. Well, it depends on if Joe Mack takes over his GM or not. <laughs> now Joe Doesn't Mack, it? Is a great scout. He was yep. scouting players for those bomber teams of the eighties. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that the Owls are in a better spot now than they were when he took over mm-hmm. at the end of twenty sixteen. Let's <laughs> defend Cavis a little bit. They he took over an absolute dumpster fire. And so and who knows gasoline on it. Who knows how long this stuff has been going on before he actually got the job. Because let's mm-hmm. face it, does it make sense for any special teams coach in the league to get hired as a general manager? Oh he, god, no. Well, he, he might have been just doing what he was told. Might have Are you saying that he was like a, a like a puppet dictator, like a puppet GM? <laughs> I got the tinfoil out, man. 
Oh, boy. <laughs> Let's go to the on-the-field stuff. As far as okay. Steph Logan goes, who knows who's going to replace him as the team's kick returner. But Quan Bray... I, I would think Ryder Stone. Well, he's, been, he's, he's been done doing it. doing it a little bit. Quan Bray has done it in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So that would add to his fantasy value, which I think is actually trending upwards lately. Uh, uh, he's at $3,500 right now. Uh, 185 dollars per point yeah uh, really good really 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 good value never hasn't played edmonton but he's averaging 18.9 and the reason i like him this week a lot too is because devere posey uh his calf issues uh are still going on so it looks like he may miss this game so Quan bray might be getting a lot of targets uh they, they've also signed felix fulbert lucier and fabian foot Back with the Owls after that was like Cavus's last move to let those guys go. So that just oh, shows man. you what the rest of the coaching staff thinks here. But the Alouettes, I got to set an over under on uh, Vernon Adams' passing total here. I'm setting it at 200, over under. Over. Really? Yeah. So the Edmonton Eskimos are giving up. About 175 yards a game through the air. <laughs> yep. Um, dude, I'm t- it's going to pay to take the over. Yeah, that's true. It's going to be plus money for sure. <laughs> this is a really interesting game uh, Saturday, and I honestly could see it going either way. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. reveal our picks at the end, but I think I know where Ty's going here. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I should have said that in French. <laughs> We're going to Mosaic Stadium for the final game of the week, the BC Lions and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. BC has signed Ryan Lankford. It looks like he's probably going to be returning kicks for them on Saturday. And they're banged up on the offensive line as well. Joel Figueroa and Suk Chung missed practice on Monday. Farhan Lauji reporting that they should be good to go uh, and as for the Riders, it looks like Manny Arsenault could be making his Rider debut against his old team. That would uh, put Justin McInnes, the rookie, as the backup who had, a, you know, if there was a bright spot against Calgary a couple weeks ago, he might have been might have been it for the Riders. Uh, still no Zach Kalaros. The team acknowledges finally that it was a concussion. So thank you for telling us what we already knew. There was kind of a thought, or maybe they tried to pass it off as a neck injury, but it is a concussion. Uh, He's back with the team, though. Uh, I know concussions are a lot different than any other injury, but Mm -hmm. he's a quarterback that's not around the team when he's hurt. And I I don't know if that's... I don't know if he's going to be in a quiet, dark room or what. Well, but. that's what I'm wondering, too, if it was concussion-related. Yeah. Or if he – because I don't see why you would want him away, uh, If especially if Fajardo was starting. It would yeah. be nice to have Kalaros around in that mentorship role for sure. Nick Marshall looks like he's going to be good to go in this one. Uh, there's a couple interesting storylines in this game as Manny Arsenault and Solomon Elamimian – Getting set to play their old team. They have a combined around 234 starts for the BC Lions. Manny had 
over 50 TDs, over 8,000 yards as a BC Lion. Both players are BC legends. They should be fired up Saturday night. Uh, I would hope so. Uh, home game under the lights, especially for Manny. It's his first game of the year. He gets to go against his old team. Uh, and like you said, <clears throat> excuse me, with Alamemian, you know, against his old team as well. Uh, it, they got to come out flying. And the defense, too, ha- has to come out flying. I mean, they do. If BC takes any more losses on that offensive line, you might as well start 520 Washingtons, right? So, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know how many more times Mike Riley can get hit this year. Uh, so, I mean, the, the defense can get pressure, and that's going to start with the front four, and, and then you have Elamimian and and the linebacking core. If they can get to Mike Riley, it'll be huge. Uh, and then if Manny can actually be be a factor, uh, you know, if you can have Manny and uh, Naaman Roosevelt going, and then you have the un- the underneath stuff, uh, to everybody else, it, it makes the offense click so much better. And, of course, you have William Powell uh, coming out of the backfield too. So, I mean, the, the weapons are there. They just got to come together. The Ryder defensive line has struggled. Uh, well, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say – like they've definitely disrupted plays, but they haven't uh, been lighting it up Maybe, maybe as far as expectations go. So I, well, the expectations had to be pretty high after last year. They I were think. high. I, I think it's more of a regression to the mean. Yeah, because Micah Johnson is still—he's getting double and triple teamed on plays. Mm-hmm. You, you can't expect him to get through uh, nonstop. It's Charleston Hughes has had his share of sacks already to start the season. So if, if there's a game where the Ryder defensive line is going to get going for you know the six or seven sacks a game, this is it. It's definitely the, it. Hundred percent. It is this game. There. If Edmonton had five in the first half last week against BC. Yeah. Not inclu- not including the roughing the passer ones that got called back. You got to think the teams are going to be looking at what Edmonton has done to BC and just mm-hmm. make BC adjust to that because so far they've proven that they can't. Yeah, and every league, every league doesn't matter what league it is professionally, is a copycat league. So if you see something that works against against Mike Riley and his offensive line, you do that. Uh, and you work you work on that all week because if you need to get to him because Mike Riley is the guy if you, if you give him six seconds he's going to find a play. That being said, uh, he doesn't have a lot of passing options under twenty yards it seems. So if yeah, you can yeah. shut if you can shut the if you can shut the deep ball down uh, and and force him the underneath stuff that that's also a, a viable way to go uh, if you're Saskatchewan defense. Saskatchewan's only given up one rushing touchdown so far on the season, and the BC Lions are actually decent when it comes to their rush defense so far. Four and a half yards a carry. Uh, They've only averaged 86 rushing yards against so far on the season. Does William Powell get 100? Yeah, I think so. I think they have to get him going to support uh, Fajardo. You you have to give William Powell the ball twenty times to take a lot of pressure to take pressure off of Fajardo and open up stuff. Uh, it's really hard to run uh, to run uh, play fakes and and you know uh, play action when you run the ball six or seven times. I mean teams aren't going to buy it. 
uh, if you give William Powell the ball 20 times and maybe working a little Marcus Thigpen and stuff like that where you kind of get a little bit of a different style, uh, you're going to open up so much more for your offense if you can if you, you commit to the run. And, yeah, sure, early it might not work, but you got to stick with it. You can't abandon it, you know, five minutes in. Looks like the Riders are going to have a nice balance of size and uh, maybe quickness on the mm-hmm. receiving core this week with Kyron Moore, Shaq Evans coming back, Naaman Roosevelt, and Manny Arsenault. So all of that could probably help out uh, Cody Fajardo against the BC Lions, who have uh, struggled, uh, I would say, against the pass a little bit, uh, a little bit at times, but. Uh, I think most of it is that their offense hasn't been able to stay on the field. And when they can't stay on the field, (laughs) your defense gets a a bit tired. Odell Willis sitting at 99 sacks in his career. Does he get to 100? Sitting at 99? Yes. Mm, Yeah, I think he's good for one. Good for one. (laughs) Who do you have winning the games this week, Ty? All of the home teams, Calgary, Winnipeg, uh, Montreal, and Saskatchewan. I know we saw a big streak end last week as the Hamilton Tiger Cats beat the uh, Calgary Stampeders, but I see Edmonton keeps their winning streak in Montreal going. That's the only difference that I have from you. What's your fantasy lineup looking like? Uh, It's looking like a real winner, if I'm being (laughs) completely honest. That's what I thought the last two weeks. Well, I mean, I got Nick Arbuckle at quarterback, William Powell, Kadeem Carey, Eric Rogers, DeVaris Daniels, and Quan Bray at the flex. Uh, I have $1,978, so of course I can't afford a defense. All right, so mine is Nick Arbuckle, Kadeem Carey, CJ Gable, Eric Rogers, Greg Ellingson, and Quan Bray. I'm kind of banking on my two big receivers to uh, light it up this week and Hopefully it does happen as far as the Canadian Football Podcast Network fantasy challenge goes. I am against Andrew from the Eskimo Empire Podcast. I'm two and three on the season, and he's still undefeated at five and zero. Oh. You are going. So you got against- that going for you, which is nice. Yeah, great. You're you're going <laughs> against the uh, Rod from the Wood Cookie Sawcast. You're both three and two on the season. How you feeling? Uh, confident that I can stay at or above 500 this week. <laughs> well done, buddy. Who are some uh, other fantasy names you are you have circled this week? Uh, Trevor Harris, obviously, uh, 20.3 starts uh, in 10 start or in his 10 starts. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, against Montreal, Vernon Adams Jr. 19.9 in his one game. Mike Riley, 17.5 in 15 starts. Uh, Granted, those that those Eskimo D or offenses were a little more high powered than this BC offenses seem to be. Uh, running back Terry Williams at twenty point three in his one game versus uh, William Powell eighteen point four. Chris Rainey at sixteen point five. He's probably not going to get the usage uh, that he used to uh, when, when he was in BC. But Andrew Harris at sixteen point four uh, rounds out the top four there or top three if you don't want to count Chris Rainey. Then Duran Carter, Lucky Whitehair, and Eric Rogers, or sorry, Duran Carter, Eric Rogers, and Brian Burnham, uh, top three receivers at 26.2, 22.2, and 16.3 uh, points per game uh, versus the opponent this week. So, Duran Carter, is he going to want to have a big game back at Mosaic Stadium? I don't really think he cares. Or can he have a big game back at Mosaic Stadium? <laughs> 
Nothing has shown me that he will or that he is capable of it, so probably not. <laughs> if, now, he might have a real big lip, and a bird might come and crap on it if he doesn't <laughs> stop pouting so much. But I'm, I am in total agreement with Mike Benavides. I don't get why we're talking about him anymore. Other, other than the fact is, why isn't he doing anything? And it's because he just doesn't care. And I'm already, he's already blocked me on Twitter. So whatever I say, you're blocked. Matter. Oh yeah. Oh. It does not break my heart. <laughs> I'm Travis Curra. He's Brazilian Ty, and we're a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I want to point you in the direction of Metro Cinema Presents. Close up. It's a monthly roundup of films and events coming soon to the historic Metro Cinema in Edmonton. They've got interviews with series curators and local filmmakers, local musicians as well on the podcast. It's all hosted by Owen Armstrong. Check out Metro Cinema Presents and more shows in the Alberta Podcast Network at albertapodcastnetwork.com. And if you need tickets for anything, I know Slash and Miles Kennedy roll through Alberta this week. Uh, seatgiant.ca use the promo code APN you're going to save yourself 5% at checkout and support the Alberta Podcast Network in the process seatgiant.ca use the promo code APN Brazilian Ty you're working up in the LLB you're going to be able to watch week 6 I will miss Saturday's Eskimo game uh, but I will download it on the hotel Wi-Fi when I get back Ooh, so we can record on Sunday. That beautiful hotel Wi-Fi. Do you got good Wi-Fi at that one? <laughs> yeah, it's actually it's better than what we had last summer when I was in the blooming metropolis of Darlingford, Manitoba, where I could not. It took me like an hour to send you my audio file. Where you had to drive to the McDonald's and get Wi-Fi sometimes? <laughs> so that, yeah, if, depending on how late we worked, yeah. Or, or you know, go and park by the... By the dump, because it was the only place in town to get three, three or four bars of service. That's where I was sitting when we interviewed Randy Ambrosi. Oh, he's sitting outside the dump talking to the commissioner. Yeah. yeah. Not sure how I feel about that. I'll ask him about it. <laughs> Rate and review the Tune Out CFL podcast on any pod catcher we will talk to you monday morning thanks for listening find more great shows like this at cf pod network on twitter